You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. everyone to rb1 colon the fantasy football podcast part of the fake teams podcast channel i am your humble host pete rogers and i am joined for the first time in a long time by all of the guys we have resident old man clark barnes the weatherman jordan smith and ginger normal man nick well ginger woodsman the beard is coming back the beard is making its, its return it's still pretty trim still pretty neat uh maybe the ginger the ginger rugged man, Nick. I think the ginger, the ginger. I have an interview later, man. The ginger, yes. Nope. The, <laughs> so, so the beard, the beard is back. Sorry, I didn't realize I wasn't on mute there, boys. Um, the the beard is back, and I was given a uh, like a real friggin' deal hatchet for Christmas. Oh, it's like it's it's intense. It's Swedish handmade. This thing's gonna outlast bomb. So I think the the woodsman thing is is fully back on. It's actually the same brand of hatchet that I chopped my hand open with previously. So it's like oh. a redemption story. Great, <laughs> perfect. So I got and I don't I, I don't think it's as nice of a piece, but as a moving away present uh, on my journey to the Pacific Northwest, I was also gifted an axe. So Nick, we not only need to get together just to say hello, but perhaps to do some woodsman sing. Yeah, we can gingerly touch our tips. Oh yes, this is podcast. The podcast bringing people together—that is what we like to see here on the RB One podcast. Um, I would be remiss though if we didn't start the podcast by saying that I am shocked and appalled at the state of this once great nation, and I hope you, my fellow dog owners on this show, will unite with me in boycotting the NFL after they showed that sex orgy that they called a halftime show. There were boobs and butts moving all over the place and the children in cages. My puppy got up and left the room in utter disgust. It was a true horror to witness. And so I hope you all stand with me in boycotting the NFL and that just sex show that they put forward. I can promise that I won't watch a single game until August. God bless you, Nick. (laughs) It's just despicable. I mean, come on. There were... They were dancing and Ugh. gyrating and moving their hips because they like don't lie or something. It's it just, just, just Ugh. disgusting. You think As that the I NFL would know better. Breathe. I just want to say that last year's show was much cleaner. Mr. Adam Levine put together a very clean show last year, and I am just appalled that this year uh, Shakira and Jennifer Lopez were unable to follow in his great steps. I mean, he was completely shirtless, but at least he had the decency to cover himself with tattoos. Exactly. Exactly. I worked on this long and hard. I feel like this has all of the elements of a really good joke that I just could not get up to. But that that was on Fox News and the demographic that was probably uh, most angered by that, I feel, gives you everything you need. And I just can't tie it all together. 
it's there's something there to work with. There's certainly some sort of connection by the that that display being on Fox and the demographic that was annoyed by it probably watched a lot of Fox. Just yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I hate to get up on a Apple Crate here and start <laughs> preaching, but it's almost like it wasn't about the dancing because you just have to do a quick NFL cheerleaders Google search and you know there should be some more pearl clutching there as well. Mm. There just wasn't. They're usually Those are saints. So yeah. I don't know. Don't bring them down into this yeah. muck. <laughs> Most of them don't even get paid. That's why it's okay. Right. Right. It's not it's not sex work if they're not paid. Right. <laughs> that's that's how we get around that loophole. Makes sense. Fact. Uh, yeah, so it was a pretty good Super Bowl. Um, we're going to recap it with some quick winners and losers before we get on to the, uh, the main, uh, uh, main course of the podcast. But uh, I'll start us off with a quick winner. And it's, it's a, it's a, I spun the winner category to be a, kind of a negative because I'm going to rant about this. But a winner from this Super Bowl, the uh, Super Bowl QB MVP agenda. Because despite the fact that Patrick Mahomes was average for most of this game, yes, he had a great fourth quarter comeback, but uh, Damian Williams seemingly did a lot more and was much more deserving of a Super Bowl MVP uh, in my book. So uh, so well done, Super Bowl MVP agenda to uh, only let it go to quarterbacks because they're the only important uh, position anymore in the NFL. Why bother have other players? So there's a winner for you. Yeah. Damian Williams is going to be my loser, just full onion peel situation here. So, yeah, I, I think it fits really nicely. Uh, what the hell? And I'm like analytics nerd out of my friggin' mind. Running backs don't matter. And he mattered. Yeah. yeah. He was the difference was maker. You, yeah. I mean, yeah. So, well done. Well done, uh, NFL. Whoever votes for that, it's the same people who's decided that Green Book was a uh, best movie. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna swing the other way and give Damian Williams some props as a winner because um, you know those who may have gambled a little bit yesterday and bet the over it was Damian Williams last touchdown that just pushed it uh, for a lot because they were sitting at twenty twenty four so they had only like forty four points at that time. So they needed a field goal or a touchdown to push the over 45 and a half. At least that's what I had it at. So oh, I thank had you, it Damian Williams. And a half. Ugh. You are a king, Damian. <laughs> yeah, mine's pretty simple. I go with Andy Reid. Uh, I really hate the narrative that before you win a Super Bowl, you're not worthy of discussion as being uh, good. Andy Reid is freaking amazing. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like the commercial where they had the female uh, referee uh, people being so excited that their little girls could see that uh, guys with body types like us just like to see someone like Andy Reid go out there and win it all. And then, and then eat a ham, a cheeseburger to celebrate. Well, according, actually, he, he didn't have that. He, he instead spent the, he didn't spend the night with his trophy, he spent the night with his trophy wife. Words out of his mouth. So well done, Andy Reid. Andy Reid uh, just stays winning. <laughs> he's just, that's, I mean, he is, he was a clear, clear winner. I mean, if in all reality, like, yeah, he was clearly the winner from this because you're right, Clark. He instantly goes from like a great coach. And we talked about this uh, on, on our pre on our preview show. Like he goes from a great NFL coach to now one of the best because he was able to get it done in the big game. 
which is such a goofy ass bar to measure things by. But um, yeah, he's he's awesome, and, and I'm I'm glad that he got his moment. I hope that Kyle Shanahan really uh, you know does some thinking about some of the decisions that he made. But um, to get back on track and, and give my winner, uh, it's the fans. I know that that's really corny, but the what we're gonna fans. get to see here is yeah because the winner of the super bowl dictates oftentimes what teams are going to do we talked about this on uh, the pod uh, last tuesday when we had oscar on the show teams that don't know what to do are going to try to imitate the the winner and the chiefs passed on first down more than any other team they were the the heaviest pardon me most pass heavy team in the nfl for 2019 um if this spurs an analytics revolution for the rest of the teams that are still kind of lagging behind in that regard, uh, we're going to get to watch some awesome football in the next few years. Yeah. This might be, this might be the, like the warriors winning the championship in the NBA and everyone in the NBA is like, Oh man, maybe we should shoot more threes. And like that just becomes the, the go-to now in every offense. And you're, you're right, Nick, it might be that like, since we've seen the chiefs offense finally win the super bowl and they did it by basically passing the ball always and forever. That uh, and yeah. you saw, and in in their quest to winning a Super Bowl, they took down the Titans. Uh, the Ravens were taken down for the Chiefs already, but and the 49ers, all of whom had like ridden their pun intended running backs and run mm-hmm. game to to the furthest that they reached. And now this pass happy attack was the one that actually got it done and uh, and was able to accomplish the the win. And I think it, it pairs really nicely with some of the current events going on in the NFL currently. Like with this this wave, hopefully, kind of started with the Eagles winning, and now with the Browns hiring Andrew Barry as their GM, we're still kind of feeding off that. And I think that you know the, the Pats having all of their their baggage of people think that their cheating matters. Um, you know, people were sort of doubtful of their of their analytics. Uh, I, I don't know results, I guess, and also the Bill Belichick says that they don't clean it. Like, yada yada yada. Anyway, yeah, I'm I'm excited. I, I haven't been optimistic about the NFL and the future of the NFL in a long time, but but this got me there. Let's do some losers. Uh, Clark, who is the loser for you in this game? Oh, this is tough to pick out. I really like to focus on on the positives. This is and, why I started with that, you, Clark. Get that. Believe get that, that people win the game. Yeah, pe- people <laughs> win the game instead of losing the game. Uh, so I. Just to kind of take a victory lap here, the uh, you know Jimmy Garoppolo is not that great, right? And and I think that we saw Jimmy Garoppolo be Jimmy Garoppolo in this game. He's not terrible. He's okay. And I think you know hats off to Kyle Shanahan for getting that team so far with him at QB. Uh, he was making you know Jimmy was making really poor throws all night. You know it's like let's uh, make sure that the defensive back has plenty of time to recover and make a play on this ball for this wide open wide receiver. Uh, making everyone get contested catches all night. So uh, I, I, I'm not going to call anyone a loser, but that's the most negative thing that I could think of on the spot. <laughs> his his miss on that bomb to Emmanuel Sanders was crushing. Yeah, and I mean, and that's that's open. That's NFL yeah. open. Oh, and right? Emmanuel had Sanders him. had like three steps on the corner. Like that's you just either either you put more air on it under it so Emmanuel, Emmanuel Sanders can get down there, or you just throw it beeline on it on a dot. But uh, yeah, and there were some decisions that he made. One that I saw a lot get passed around was there was one where he threw the ball and it got batted down by Chris Jones, but you ha- he had George Kittle wide open across the middle and Debo Samuel, who was still in the backfield for a quick little toss. And that could have gained, it was like on second and five, it could have gained some yardage. But anyways, but yeah, I think that 
the Jimmy G, the Jimmy G stock certainly took a hit in this game. I'm still optimistic that he can develop, but uh, I wish I had seen a little bit better of a performance out of him. That being said, they, I mean they that first half they they were they seemed like the, the wheels came off when they opted to not uh, not try to put in more points at the the end of the this first half. first half, yeah. But yeah, I mean, but they were they were scheming up some fun stuff. Like Debo was hot. They were doing spin pass to the kittle. Like it was a fun first half, man. I really enjoyed watching what was going on there. Like the first five plays, Debo was three of them and gained big yards rushing. And I was like, oh my God, the $50 I put on Debo Samuel to win Super Bowl MVP is looking really good right now. And then it didn't pan out. But at whatever, plus 480 or 4,800, I was like, yes, I will take that in a heartbeat. Um, Yeah, that's awesome. uh, A loser for me was not, I mean, you can talk about Kyle Shanahan's ability to play with a lead. It's uh, now two times that uh, things haven't gone great for him. Uh, but I'm not going to put it on. I'm not going to put that on him. Instead, I, my loser for this game is unsurprisingly Trump's knowledge of the continent of the United States of America. Uh, because the country that too, we are a continent, Jordan. <laughs> We're a continent. We are an isolated continent of America. Also Pete's knowledge of geography loser. <laughs> But uh, Trump just a slight misspeak. Just a slight misspeak. Trump tweeting out, "Congratulations to Kansas City and the great state of Kansas." Well done, Trump. Way to know. Way to know where Kansas City is. He then immediately deleted it and retweeted it about Missouri. But round of applause for knowing knowing the the country that you are leading. I guess. I mean, it's not great. Like, I'm sure at some point in our lives. Maybe when we were first learning about uh, state capitals, we all discovered that Kansas City was not, in fact, the capital of Kansas. Um, so, yeah, just like how we all learned that the United States of America is not a continent. Some of us just learn it later than others. Some of us are just like today years old. Some, some of us just learned things. Jordan, who was a loser for you this game? Uh, my loser for this game, and it uh, comes twofold for uh, Mr. John Lynch, the, um, what is he, the president, executive vice president of player personnel for the 49ers, whatever. It's just like the guy who's large, largely the executive that's in charge of the 49ers. Largely and um, in chargely. And like the team construct with input from Kyle Shanahan, of course, but um, a lot has been and continues to be made about the Chicago Bears passing on Patrick Mahomes in favor of Mitchell Trubisky. But in John Lynch's first draft in 2017, he too passed on Patrick Mahomes and selected Solomon Thomas with the uh, third overall pick, which isn't great because Solomon Thomas isn't exactly the uh, one of those guys on that vaunted defensive line that's just like tearing things up and the pick came back to bite him uh last night with Patrick Mahomes just torching the uh San Francisco defense at the end and um Jimmy G their big money quarterback not being able to do a whole lot um when given the opportunity to try to go down and score additionally I thought the game was lost for the 49ers as soon as John Lynch was seen on the the sidelines and not in the box. I'm like, we have seen this story play out before. Arthur Blank. I'm like, Kyle Shanahan must have turned around, saw him over his shoulder, 
and just pissed his pants because he's like, not again. Like I know Arthur Blank owner, John Lynch, not exactly the owner, but it's just like, it's the guy you don't want to see come down to the field way too early. That's what happened last night. So never don't leave the booth. Don't leave the booth until it's like a minute left in the fourth and you're going, you know, you're going to win. You're up by 10 scores. Don't leave the booth people. You have time to get down there. Just stay up there until your team is in victory formation for something like this. Nick, do you have a loser? You could build them a slide. That'd that'd be kind of fun. Um, (laughs) Have a slide slide from the booth. Shoot rocket you right to the field. That's exactly what needs to happen. Like a plane for an emergency exit. It just like (laughs) unfolds. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, I think that Damian Williams was one just because he was robbed. But I, I, Kyle Shanahan his decision-making was just so baffling as the game went on. And I, you know, I don't know Kyle Shanahan, so I don't know why this is happening, but he, he really came out hot. He, their play calling was fantastic. And he's, I, I know that he's a very smart person and like listening to Warren Sharp talking to talk about him, but he just fawns over him. He loves him. He, he, every time he, he brings up Kyle Shanahan, he talks about how smart of a guy he is. I, they've worked together. They they can't officially admit it, but they've 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 worked together before they've contracted Sharp. And it's just like, what what do you got to do to keep the aggressive mentality going? I, I getting a visit from the dog. Um, it it's just it's a bummer. <laughs> hey George, um, it's a bummer. And so for for that reason, I guess he'll be my my biggest loser. I've I heard someone talking about it, and he might. This might be the game where Andy Reid passed the passed the torch from him to Kyle Shanahan, and we're going to be we're going to have the next fifteen years of Kyle Shanahan leading phenomenal offenses, but just being unable to get the monkey off his back. And then he eventually will do that and pass it along to some other coach who will be an offensive guru who it takes fifteen twenty years before they finally win a Super Bowl. The sleepy, lazy, bad narrative, I'm a host on an NFL morning show torch. That yeah. torch? That's the one. Okay. Yeah, that sounds right. It's a it's a very important torch to carry. Yeah, I think that that's fine as a narrative. Um, I, I, yeah, yeah. Clark, Clark handled it. <laughs> Clark shot it down. There's nothing, nothing to respond to that. This Warren Sharp guy, he sounds like a smart man. He sounds. I sharp yeah so he all nick, of his nick you gotta exude your you gotta you gotta get him on the show this is your this is your job you're the ringer who brings in all of your all your crushes onto the show i'll this is my first critique of him you'll ever hear and only critique of him you'll ever hear so he he does do the the punk the he, like his website is sharp football stats and uh sharp uh Analytics. Anyway, 200% on board with this guy. (laughs) Yeah. Nick, get on it. Get him on the show, Nick. He abbreviates his newsletter and the, like, when he, when he emails it to you, the subject line is abbreviated. And so he abbreviates analysis. So it says sharp football anal. And (laughs) where do I vote for him? How do we, (laughs) I will give up my, (laughs) let's give up my host spot. Warren Sharp, come host this. This will now be the RB1 Sharp Anal podcast. <laughs> but like, if you put the emphasis, it's like a sharp football. Like, anyway, it just, 
he's had years to change this and he just rides with it. And I have to hope, I, I have to hope that he's just like, <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny, but I don't know if, if he gets it. Well, I, I seriously don't. Warren know. Sharp, get hit us up. We're going to reach out to you. You're going to come onto the podcast <laughs> and you're going to explain to us whether or not you know that your email that goes out says Warren Sharp football anal or whatever, or not. We'll see. This will be breaking Why? news on the RB1 podcast. <laughs> He needs to answer why that is the word that he abbreviates right. and not putting football as like FB <laughs> exactly. or something. <laughs> he definitely knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. Crazy goober. All right. Well, now we are officially on to the 2020 NFL fantasy season. 2019 is over and we will never speak of it again. We've moved on. And just like Christian Bale in The Machinist, fantasy football never sleeps. For those in Dynasty League. So with the calendar officially moving over, we're going to take a look at some players who you should be targeting in Dynasty and Keeper Leagues uh, because you might be able to get them on the cheap or we think they're in for a breakout year in 2020. Uh, But before we go into that, quick word from some sponsors. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, we are back. Players to target in Dynasty League. Clark, why don't you start us off with someone who you are targeting if you were in or are in a Dynasty League? So I'm kind of doubling down on this one. I think that now is a great time to go pick up Darwin Thompson and in the reciprocal to trade Damian Williams. Uh, I know that he just had a good game and uh, I am hoping that everyone's going to forget how frustrating he was to own and how much you had to pay for him during the 2019 real football season. I don't think that the Chiefs believe in him as a long-term solution and uh, this is obviously a bet that Darwin Thompson's down rookie year was a learning the playbook problem and not a faith in the player problem, which we don't know. We'll find out uh, halfway through the season next year. But yeah, so I'm going to I'm gonna move on from Damian Williams because I don't really believe in him as a fantastic player. And, you know, why not pick up Darwin Thompson on the cheap while you're at it? I just think this is this is an awesome pick. I I can't for the life of me figure out Damian Williams. Something that we talked about was uh, Nelson Souza, the like greatest living fantasy champ uh, on earth. His thing is he just doesn't touch running backs um, who break out in the playoffs and then are the starter for the team in the following year. That he just avoids them like the plague. And he you know he would have done really well in this fantasy regular season had he employed that, which he did. Um, he was pretty lackluster. I know he had like, he, I think he had like a tweaked MCL. He was probably lackluster during the year. Um, showed up in the playoffs. I don't get it. I don't know what to make of the guy. So investing in the promising backup behind him is is great. I like it a lot. 
especially with LaShawn McCoy all but certainly retiring slash not being on this team, which means that it's going to be him, Darwin Thompson, and uh, Damian Williams. And I 100% agree with you, Clark. Sell Damian Williams. It was a it was a, an aggravating year for anyone who had him. And Darwin Thompson is the, like this offense is just going to get faster. So let's like and they're going to want to do that. So they're going to add Darwin Thompson and give him a bigger role. I love it. Someone who you I think you can buy pretty easy too on the cheap. Jordan, who are you targeting? Um, I think right now, um, you, you kind of have to be wary of Tampa Bay's quarterback situation, see how that pans itself out. But I am continuing to hold on, and I think everybody else should maybe go make a waiver wire pickup first. My boy, Scotty Miller. Um, if Brashad Perriman leaves Tampa Bay, uh, it's very not very clear, but I'm almost certain that Scotty Miller would be the wide receiver three in that offense. And as we saw last year, the wide receiver three can still eat um, in that offense because the ball is just flying around all over the place. So um, Scotty Miller's a burner. Um, he had a couple of good games last year. He was slowed uh, a little bit by injury, but um, you know, I, I think, in his uh, second season, so he was just a rookie last year, I think in the second season, he could really um, start to put more things together that you can look online. Bruce Arians was talking um, throughout the season about how they wanted to um, get Scotty going. Uh, words along the lines of like, I believe in him. He's just got to do the right things and he'll get on the field. Towards the end of the season, um, he started to do that. And um, yeah, I, I think by getting him for cheap, you probably don't have to trade anything for him right now. He's probably very available. I would assume so. I, I'm glad you gave us details about who he was, Jordan, because you said his name, and I was just like, cool, sounds good. I trust that you know what you're talking about. Never heard of Scotty Miller before, but I'm here for it. I, I think I've mentioned him as a possible streaming option at one point, but I was just I was probably grasping at straws at that point. <laughs> <laughs> he he's super talented. I think he will have some trouble getting past uh, Godwin because he he plays a lot in the slot. Uh, I was kind of thinking about Rashad Perryman uh, as my recommendation, but uh, just because he really established himself as like the deep threat in this offense when when Evans and, and Godwin were down, and if they just want to employ a burner, then they you know they could do that with Perryman, and he they don't really have that role on the team, right? Like Evans plays downfield, but they don't have just like the Deshaun Jackson sprint thing. Um, alternatively, if you were listening to this, like when this comes out on Tuesday morning, um, try to go get Ian Thomas because Greg Olson yes. is out of Carolina. Ian Thomas is going to be an immediate impact, uh, impact player in that team. And I think he's got a really good shot of being a tight end one in fantasy. Yeah. I love the Ian Thomas call because he he has already shown that he can do great things for both the Panthers and for fantasy tight ends uh, when Greg Olson was out this year. And with Greg Olson now playing for a different team, presumably, uh, he's he's going to step into a huge workload. And I love it. That's a great call. One of the first guys who I am targeting, uh, I'm, go, I'm saying go after John Ross, who dealt with injuries and was on a shitty team all season. But it looked like he was starting to piece things together. Uh, if you want to take his stats and extrapolate them over a full season, he was on pace for 56 catches, uh, 1,012 yards and six touchdowns. It's a pretty, pretty good year. If you ask me, uh, he'll have a new and improved quarterback. Thanks to Joe Burrow 
and another year in Zach Taylor's system. I think you could get him for pretty stupid cheap because he's on the Bengals and no one cares about that team, but also because he was very hot and cold and had an injury and was kind of uh, injury prone this season. But I like him to continue to develop and maybe flash more of what we saw at the beginning of this year. I like it. And mainly because it's a free pickup. Like you said, I think people, uh, you you say the name John Ross and people immediately think bust, but I think last year was his third year and his third year on the Bengals. So that probably aged him, uh, you know, eight or nine NFL seasons. He's but, now played uh, for like 15 years. Right. But if you, if you want to be nice about it, he's still a burner who did flash finally last year and is on a terrible team because it's free. I like it. Uh, we used to give players a little time to develop. Uh, and have abandoned that. So this might be a throwback, nice, solid pickup in the offseason. I also just think that in today's NFL with like so much movement and sweeps and screens and all and that kind Beyonce of stuff. And the Beyonce and the hips. And the Beyonce and the J-Lo. And the hips. Uh, that someone with basically game-wrecking speed is going, like offenses will find ways to get those guys heavily involved and they'll be able to make plays because that's what we've seen again. That's how the chiefs employ all of their speedsters. Um, and so I like, I like for him to Zach Taylor to try to be able to continue to incorporate John Ross's speed into that offense. I think uh, my thing with, if he's uh, owned by another owner in dynasty leagues is you might have to have that right storm of, um, them wanting some compensation in terms of draft picks if they get really excited about the rookie draft or um, they possibly think that last year the, the couple games that John Ross flashed was just like uh, an apparition right. just like oh that, that happened once which is and fair I, because... I don't anticipate it happening again but you know yeah, if I mean, he put, it, he put together, <laughs> right, he put together like two really good, extraordinary games to start the season. And then once he kind of got injured and banged up, he was fine. All right. Not great. Um, and so I think you can certainly try to uh, finagle him out of a out of owner's hands. Yeah, I'd like to dovetail off what Jordan just brought up with rookie draft picks. So um, these things become incredibly hot commodities as we get bored and have nothing to talk about other than the NFL draft for the next six months. And I think you can make a lot of hay while the sun's shining on these rookies mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, everybody's going to be the next Odell Beckham or uh, A.J. Brown or Marquise Brown. You know, all of these guys are going to be that. So that 107 uh, may never be as valuable as it's going to be in this offseason. And I would use one of those picks to go after someone like Odell Beckham who had a bad season i think that uh, going to a new team with a new quarterback and a team that's traditionally been a huge laughing stock and embarrassment to the league and looking at the season odell had pretty good actually pretty yeah. pretty not bad pretty. when you put all those together uh i don't i don't think that he's going to be held down for the rest of his career whether he's traded or just has a second season with baker mayfield where they both take a step forward i think that uh, i would pay a lot for odell maybe not what i would have paid for two years ago but I still think that he should be in your sights and a little bit cheaper option uh, that we mentioned Marquise Brown, maybe hard to rest away from the owner, but just assuming that Lamar Jackson takes another step forward and we have no reason to believe that he won't. uh, Marquise Brown showed a lot of really good flashes uh, in 2019 in 2019. Nice. Yeah. uh, In the same mold as, as Hollywood, I think that now is a good time to also go after Michael Hardman. Um, He, you know, is he, he would play the Tyreek 
he'll roll if Hill is to get suspended for another crime. Probably. And, uh, and I mean, but that, the thing, like I, I say that derisively, but um, Hill is seriously on the verge of if anything goes wrong, he's out, right? Um, and Hardman was just being the number one receiver on the most explosive offense in the league. So, um, yeah, I, he, you know, he, he was a bust in the Super Bowl. People are cooled off on him right now. I, I think it's a great time to go at him. I mean, yeah. Sammy, come on. Don't forget about Sammy Watkins. But, Sammy Watkins. Yeah. Love number the Nicole one, Hardman pick. <laughs> number one receiver, Sammy Watkins. Yeah. And it dovetails nicely. We're talking about uh, hitting on rookie pass catchers who you're like expecting something from their second season. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, someone you can certainly, I think you can get. Uh, everyone knows it takes a couple of years before tight ends really make an impact in both fantasy and also just the NFL. Um, I think Hawkinson, like in a in a barren wasteland of the tight end position, has tight end one potential. Maybe not next year, but in soon years, soon years, ugh, coming years. There we go. Uh, he the crazy thing that I saw, he's he almost had literally the exact same stat line that Tony Gonzalez had his rookie year, which just means that T.J. Hawkinson is going to be a Hall of Fame tight end and play for 15 years. So, I mean, you want it, you want someone like that on your fantasy team. Hawkinson had. 32 catches, 367 yards, and two touchdowns. Tony Gonzalez had 33 catches, 368 yards, and two touchdowns. So, and then in Tony's second season, 59 catches, 621 yards, two touchdowns. So, TJ Hawkinson, you know, 600 plus yards and uh, two touchdowns. That's that's a good season. Yeah. To um, step back for a second to Nick's uh, pick of Nicole Hardman. Not only is Tyreek Hill like just one incident away from possibly not being on the team or in football, but I am already considering Sammy Watkins as a free agent wide receiver. I think Agreed. he's already going to be out the door in Kansas city. Um, with that being said, TJ Hawkinson, if you can pry him away, cause maybe that person doesn't value tight ends, um, then absolutely do it. It's always great to try to get like these rookies from, um, well, these guys going into their second year now, uh, from guys who were just like maybe we're expecting a little bit more in their first year and they're just like very impatient. Um, so that's something where you could just go in and, you know, maybe not make as high an offer as they could have gotten for them at the beginning of the season. Just, I don't know, kind of lowball them because there are rookies out there like Debo Samuel and Terry McLaurin who are just cutting things up and they're probably AJ Brown. There like, well, yeah, they're probably sitting there like, well, why isn't my rookie doing that? Yeah. <laughs> so, and like what Clark said, this class, especially this incoming class of rookie wide receivers, is going is so touted, and everyone is so excited about them that I think you could have people overlook, you know, the non-explosive, not or like the non-superstar rookie wide receivers from this year, Miko Hardman, uh, Marquise Brown to a certain extent, and be able to say Nikhil Harry. We all know that he's going to be a superstar. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's a superstar. Uh, so you should definitely trade for him too. Uh, but you could be able to like move a draft pick for one of those guys because, you know, the per their owner is like, oh, yeah, I want to get any number of these receivers from this year's class. Jordan, do you have a final uh, target for you? Um, Wrap us up. Yeah. Um, speaking of old players leaving their 
longstanding team um, like Greg Olson before. Philip Rivers is going to be detached from the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, so I think there's a slight possibility for you to slide in and get one of those pass catchers, uh, like a Keenan Allen or a Mike Williams from somebody who's just like, you know what, I'm not going to gamble on their QB situation, whether they draft a guy like Justin Herbert or Jordan Love, or if they go the free agent bridge quarterback route, I don't know, maybe a little Tana throw action. Maybe they're Teddy just Bridge. not willing to gamble on Ooh, it. Ooh, tie ride future tie rod. The, uh, league. They could just promote Easton Stick, let him sling it. Um, yeah, that, that's just another situation where you, you know you might be able to grab somebody because somebody's just impatient. And they don't want to see how that turns out, or maybe they just don't think it'll be as good as Philip Rivers, which next year very well might not be. And Mike you know, Williams, I think this is an awesome point. Yeah, go ahead, Nick. Just yeah, play just play on the uncertainty. If if someone's concerned, like if yeah, if if they're thinking that Tyrod Taylor, you know, I mean, he's super fun to watch, but hasn't really played a whole lot lately. Um, yeah, play on your opponent's fears. Play yeah, on them. And I, and Mike Williams, I think of the two of those guys, Keen Allen has plenty of name recognition. Mike Williams, I think it's kind of we're determined. You're we're about to see whether or not he's the 10 touchdowns red zone monster Mike Williams that he was a year before or still this Mike Williams who was had like people thought he had a down year or or it felt like he had a down year but as my as the pupper is getting me fake team stats and informations Mike Williams still finished the season with 49 catches for a thousand yards and two touchdowns it didn't I mean, feel like that he was that good that's a good but, year like in that's fantasy a, terms, that's not amazing, but like that's a productive, that's, good NFL player. Exactly. And he had 10 touchdowns last year to 600 yards, 660 yards. So like if he averages those two years or if he if he now becomes more of a yardage guy than a touchdown, whatever it might be, like he's still clearly figuring himself out. And thus this Chargers offense is going to look a lot different without Philip Rivers, presumably. But I think he is I think he's a great name to go after as someone who you could get away and, and Jordan, you're right. Cause I was looking at those guys and I was like, Well, people are gonna trust the Chargers offense. And I totally forgot that Philip Rivers isn't gonna be there anymore and prey upon that hundred percent. All right, Nick is announcing his heart out. Hard off. That was one of those. <laughs> so there, there goes Nick. Um, before we go, I wanted to ask you guys this question because I asked it on fake teams, uh, on the fake teams, Twitter account. And I had some, most people, it was a pretty unanimous uh, answer, but I was curious, is there any player in the NFL that you would rather start a franchise with than Patrick Mahomes right now? Yeah, I think, I mean, so I, for me, I think these questions are always like, there's a group. And I think that there's a group that Mahomes is in. And I think that group includes Russell Wilson and Lamar Jackson uh, and Deshaun Watson. So I, I think that I'll, you know, you, you just pick one and you tell me which one I get. And I'm going to be really, really pleased with that. I would pick basically any running back in the league and start there. <laughs> Derek Henry. Derek motherfucking Henry. Derek Henry probably. Um, no, I, I think Clark's right. That's like the the Mount Rushmore of starting your franchise players would be Lamar, Deshaun, Patrick, and Russell. Um, I think as Patrick Mahomes is probably the one a, but as we saw last night for three quarters, Patrick Mahomes is not mortal. 
it's not perfect. Yeah, he he's definitely fallible, and you know that can that can happen. So um, probably one of those four. If I'm like playing Madden or something, or if I'm drafting a dynasty league, let's keep it fantasy football focused. Nice. Uh, I probably am like, yeah, I'm gonna grab one of those guys. If uh, if Lamar Jackson takes one more step forward in his passing game, is like is there is there a future where Lamar Jackson is a more dangerous offensive weapon than Patrick, like a better would over overtake Patrick Mahomes as like the clear cut number one guy who you'd want to build your franchise around? Because I think there is. I think because Patrick Mahomes will never have the rushing uh, ceiling that that Lamar Jackson offers and just the explosiveness that Lamar Jackson can make. And if Lamar Jackson can take another step forward in his passing game, uh, then he becomes even more unstoppable in my mind. So he could, but you don't, you just, I'm, I'm still the old person here. You work, you work in absolutes. You don't want your quarterback to do what Lamar Jackson is doing for a really long time because they just can't. And Fair. so the, the the hope is that Lamar Jackson turns into Russell, a more explosive Russell Wilson. I think why if you you put my feet to the fire and make me choose why I'm choosing Russell Wilson is that he has enough scoots to pick up those yards for you. But I think he's the best decision maker and just not the best passer because Patrick Mahomes at his best is Brett Farvian. And I don't make that comparison lightly, but Russell Wilson's older and he plays older and he's he's just he is killing it and if it weren't for these young guys in the league being flashier and and on better more exciting teams i think that we'd talk more about russell wilson but uh his coach fucking hates him and that's true so that's the we gospel. are in the situation can where you imagine <laughs> can you imagine russell wilson and i'm i'm sad that nick isn't here that being said we can all guess what nick would add to this conversation but um uh, <laughs> but can you imagine russell wilson like on in Shanahan's offense or in Andy Reid's offense or like Shanahan's offense would be unbelievable. It would be incredible. Wilson. Can you imagine how good this Super Bowl matchup? How much better it would have been if it was? I mean, it was still enjoyable. It was very, like that that fourth quarter was wildly. I thought it was a good game. I yeah. mean, not like extremely well executed, but it was close and interesting. it was enjoyable. I it. But like, if it was Russell Wilson in Shanahan's offense versus Patrick Mahomes in Andy Reid's offense, oh yeah the halftime show wouldn't have been the most arousing thing. Let me tell you that. <laughs> uh, I gotcha. I think um, Patrick Mahomes, especially like in the playoffs has displayed this really uncanny ability to actually go and pick up yards. Uh, he's not necessarily known as a, a run first kind of guy, but mobility and being able to move, whether that's sideline to sideline or climbing the pocket has always been like a big part of his game. And, um, I think, I mean, Lamar Jackson, his sample size basically doubled this year from last year, but his completion percentage went up from 58% to 66%. Um, Now, a lot of his passes kind of come off of plays where the receiver might just be wide open because they get sucked in super badly because they're afraid of uh, anybody in that offense taking off on the run and running the ball, but let's compare like Lamar Jackson's weapons to Patrick Mahomes. Like Hollywood Brown is good, but he was a rookie last year. Mm-hmm. He was on and off the field. His number one target was basically, um, or his number one non-tight end target was basically Willie Sneed. 
Um, otherwise, it was like Mark Andrews, which is a great target to have, but he's not exactly throwing to a murderer's row of wide receivers. Um, if my boy and spark god Miles Boykin can take another leap this year and become a wide receiver, an outside wide receiver in the one world, then that would be phenomenal for Lamar Jackson. I don't see why he can't get better next year. Good, potentially free dynasty pickup too, and kind of name to watch. Miles Boykin in the off season. I like that. Yeah, Boykin. Yeah, I like yeah. And I think you're right, and I think Miles that's Boykin. why Lamar won the MVP because Mahomes is surrounded by talent, and that shouldn't be used as a knock against him. But one of the reasons that Mahomes is able to run is everyone is rightfully so scared of everyone that's out in the pattern, and they should be. And then so you just right. can't afford yeah. to be around for Mahomes and good on Mahomes to be mobile enough to take advantage on that and smart enough to take advantage of that. And until quite recently to, to kind of avoid hits pretty well. He for took a, young a massive hit when he was running to that yeah. goal line. And, by and taunted, Ward. Uh, but since he's a quarterback, uh, doesn't We're okay count. With that. No penalties. Yeah. No penalties. Yeah. There. Uh, but yeah, Other so than... Lamar Jackson being the threat made yeah. all of those wide receivers better. So if they take a step forward, oh boy, Lamar could, oh boy. Yeah. They're, there was a ball last night that um, Mahomes completed where he chucked it up to Tyreek Hill, where Hill had to kind of, he came across to the left side of the field and kind of had to sit and wait for it. But otherwise, a lot of Patrick Mahomes's um, big chunks of completions came from like the speedsters, like Tyreek Hill, just like sprinting up the field, stopping and like dipping their hips and turning around and coming back to the ball. And like the defenders just, 10 yards away anything. on their right. heels. So that's that's like a very big uh, advantage to have when your guys can do that. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe we'll see that same kind of step be taken with Marquise Brown next year since he does have also flashes that, uh, that speed. Um, cool. Well, there you go. We've wrapped up the uh, 2019 season perfectly. And the best team, I think, won. I think... If you look back in the 2019 season, the, the Kansas City Chiefs were the best team in football pretty pretty unanimously throughout the year. Yeah, they uh, I, I, they seem to have really come overcome the scumbaggery that yeah. was pinned on them at the beginning of the year. Uh, I, you know, still a little dirty. I was about to say I like the Chiefs, but it still feels so crappy to say that because no, they they did choose. Uh, they chose the low road. They they got to victory, uh, but Tyreek yeah, they, they certainly mortgaged their uh, frankly. Hey, what did Suggs do? Suggs, what has Suggs done? Have uh, I missed? Okay, no, this we'll was a while later. This was a while ago. Yeah, okay. Suggs, is, Suggs is not a good person. Okay, well, I just know that I used to always pick him as a, a linebacker in Madden and play him at defensive end, and he would oh, be a lot. Of he was a, he's an easy defense, yeah so. he's a easy yeah. one of those easy transition guys. Big night for Clarks everywhere, though, so go Kansas City. <laughs> Way to go, the state of Kansas. Well done. In the continent of America. It took me a long time to figure out what people were on about. <laughs> I was like, I don't understand what's wrong with, what's wrong, what's wrong with this. What's wrong with this statement? Oh, boy. All right. Well, that's all, all for us this week. Uh, we'll be back next week to, uh, to continue. Start talking some off-season gossip. Clark's favorite time of the year to wildly speculate about 
how things will go. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Hold Nine Yards. We are there. Follow us on Twitter at RB1 Podcast. Follow myself at Keenan Rogers. Follow Clark at NFL Clark and Jordan at Jordan's underscore Smith 27. And Nick, before he bounced off, at Ginger underscore underscore Nick without a K. Are you just yawning? Just yawning. I was, but while while we've broken it, uh, Tony Gonzalez has been in no fewer than four episodes of NCIS. I was doing a little Tony Gonzalez wow. research. Well, that means TJ Hawkinson has a good acting career ahead of him, too. Yeah, like Law & Order or something. Huh. Maybe something a little more highbrow. Perfect. Perfect. Make sure to leave us a review. Give us five stars. Tell us you love us. Until then. Peace.